This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 330. I'm Andrew. Eric. I'm Micah. And we have one of our patron Slug Club members joining us this week, Justin Sharky. The shark, as his email said. <laughs> welcome to welcome to the show, Justin. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. This must be yeah. a busy week for you, though. Shark week. Oh, shark week. I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, um, Justin told me that his wife bought him a USB microphone in preparation for this. What? Yep. Isn't that Your nice? Story. Cool wife. I think you chose wisely, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Anyway, it's good to have you on here. Um, let's start and get your fandom ID so we can learn a little bit about you. What's your Hogwarts house? Gryffindor. Your Elvermorey nice. house? Thunderbird. Were these all Pottermore selected or are these? Yeah, Pottermore selected. Okay. What's your favorite Harry Potter character? Um, Hermione. Aww. Oh. Is your wife jealous of that? No. no. <laughs> we just I just had a daughter, so it... Aww. Uh, I've just always liked all the trio, and once I had my daughter, kind of, I moved that way a little more. Yeah. Did you? Did Good you role name, model. Oh, did you name your daughter after a Potter character? Oh no, her name's Allison. Okay. Oh, well, that's a really nice name. That's also kind okay. of related to Harry Potter because Fantastic Beasts, Queenie, Allison Soodle. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever meet Allison Soodle, you should just say, "Hey, we named our daughter after you." Yeah. <laughs> should we like, ha ha ha, creep? <laughs> Um, I'm sure she'd be touched. What's your uh, favorite picture, or what is your Patronus? It's a Marsh Harrier. It's just some bird. It didn't really have any information. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, you know, people who are struggling with their with their Patronus uh, assignments on Pottermore, if you, like, honestly, I'm blown away by the level of detail available on a Wikipedia search. Um, I would encourage anybody to just look that up. I was helping people. There was like a therapy corner, uh, the other day on the MuggleCast, uh, patron Facebook group, which is a brand new thing. But, um, I was, you know, just through talking it up and giving a quick search, it revealed a lot of interesting characteristics about people who have like rabbits and just a, there's like 50 breeds of horse that you can get. Mm -hmm. And it's like each one is slightly different. So I would say, if you look into it a little bit more, you might be more impressed uh, mm -hmm. than just the name on Pottermore. I'm well, we have to do that. Well, I'm interested. Didn't, didn't Pottermore promise that they were going to be sharing more information about all the different creatures? I think they did. I mean, yeah. it depends on what your definition of promise is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, uh, what's your favorite birdie bot every flavor bean? I would have to go with pizza, I think, but I don't know how that would do in like gel form. Pizza? That's a little strange. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a pizza about it. Huh? Yeah. I, yeah. That that would be good. Um, less calories than a slice of pizza, so that's that's yeah, helpful sure. in my opinion. <laughs> you would think. You would expect. And finally, in honor of we just passed the tenth anniversary of Deathly Hollows, where were you for the Deathly Hollows midnight release? Uh, I was just. Uh, we just went. Me and my buddy went to our local Barnes and Noble, but we had downloaded the book since it leaked earlier, so we were already like halfway through. <laughs> oh. So we just kind of oh. popped in, got the books, came home, and finished it. Yeah, so you were like Kevin. Kevin Steck, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm the leak was real. <laughs> That's so. Oh. So when you say it leaked online, it wasn't an ebook. What did somebody take a picture of every single page? Is that how it works? Yeah, I think so. Wow, wow. Hmm. See, I wouldn't do that, even if it were like 
<laughs> there would have to be significant financial gain in it for me to take a, a, a picture. Like now it would be even easier on your phone or whatever. But of every single page, it's like a 700-page book. Right. And then to organize them because the phone's not going to number them automatically. It's right. oh, awful. And back awful, in 2007, awful. you'd have to use some old school, either a really, <laughs> like I don't even think the iPhone was out Flip that. Phone, I don't think right? Huh? Yeah, Motorola Razor. Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Your phone would run out of space after like 20 pictures, though. So. <laughs> and then you'd have to connect the USB drive, download it to the... I don't know, man. But Andrew, but, uh, Andrew, where there is a will, there is a way. There is a way. <laughs> that needs to be a new segment on this show is uh, Steck Wisdom. Steck uh, Wisdom. <laughs> where, where you just rest. Or maybe we get actual Kevin on. Yeah, we'll we could get him on. Well, if it's just a couple uh, lines each week, I'm sure he would record them. Yeah, <laughs> pre-record. We'll have a new pre-recorded segment. It would be lovely. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> so um, the, the anniversaries just keep coming this summer. We are about to hit J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter's birthday on July 31st. Yes. I thought we would listen to this little ditty from the Potter Puppet Pals to celebrate. Oh, happy Hogwarts birthday, magic wizard birthday, fun wizard, happy birthday, fun, 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 <laughs> fun, magic flavor birthday cake, wizard wishes you will make, happy birthday dance with everyone, two, three, four, happy Hogwarts birthday, magic wizard birthday, fun wizard, happy birthday, fun, 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 magic flavor birthday cake, wizard wishes you will make, happy birthday dance with everyone, two, three, four, birthday magic wand, party, party happy, happy birthday. birthday, wizard party school, magic, magic, wizard, magic party, Gryffindor, party. Left out Slytherin. Tricky Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, so is anybody doing anything to celebrate? Yeah. How oh, are yeah. you doing? No. What are you doing, Micah? Well, much like Harry in, in Cursed Child, uh, I will be going to work on <laughs> <July> 31st. <laughs> <laughs> so I think of no better way given uh, that that is, of course, the eighth installment in the Harry Potter series, the latest. Uh, so I, I figure, why not do what Harry's doing? That reminds me, I and actually, th- this this birthday will mark the one year anniversary of Cursed Child being published and officially opening. I think paperback yeah. too, right? Isn't it soon to be released in paperback? It's out. Still... It's oh, out. It's out. I've got it right here. I've been oh no! I've been going through it page by page, comparing it to my hardback copy to note the differences. And I'm not finished yet because it's like middle school homework. I really don't want to do it, but I am <laughs> doing it because I feel like I have to. So I'm going through it slowly. Uh, okay, one, I'm impressed by you. Two, <laughs> um, have you found anything at all? Yeah, there's. It's mostly cues so far. Not not quotes. Okay. Not nothing in the dialogue. Um, it's subtle. It's subtle stuff. I've yet to come across something where I'm like, oh, what does this mean? Yeah. So anyway, we'll talk about that maybe by next sure. episode. I'll have it finished. <laughs> what are you doing for the birthdays, Eric? So there's two celebrations this uh, weekend in Chicago, today and tomorrow. One is in uh, Naperville, Illinois, and the other one is in Aurora on Sunday. And both events, they're both western suburbs of the city, and both times they're doing – um so it's just like an outdoor gathering where different businesses are pitching in and 
like transforming into Diagon Alley and, you know, other sort of shops in the wizard world and celebrations. And uh, today I'm going to be debuting a new cosplay. I oh. I had uh, my friend Andrea at uh, Twin Roses Designs has made yet another uh, costume for me. Wait, don't and tell us, time... though. Don't tell us. Let us oh, guess. Okay. Let us guess. Yeah. Um, All right. I bet. Well, you've always been a Gryffindor student. Like, you've always worn that cloak. That's been your thing. I don't think you've ever cosplayed. Well, maybe you have. I just forget. Oh, you you never met Elvis Dumbledore. <laughs> no, apparently not. <laughs> Mike has met Elvis Dumbledore, so he knows. But I'm, I guess Dumbledore was a Gryffindor, too. You're probably playing a Fantastic Beast character. I bet you're, you want to play the big guy, so I'm going to say Newt. You're playing Newt. Uh, I actually, that would probably be my next one. Uh, no, no, I've gone back in time. I don't want to, well, not back in time, but I've, I've kept it real, uh, Chris Columbusy to give you a hint. Chris Columbusy, Gildory Lockhart. Yes. Ah, that's very you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank uh, you. Question mark. Eric, question mark? though, I, I think you have a bit of a, an identity crisis, to be honest with you, because you are a Hufflepuff, yet you've cosplayed as Harry. You cosplayed as Elvis Dumbledore, and now mm. a Ravenclaw in Gilderoy Lockhart. So it's true. What what gives? <laughs> what gives? Uh, J.K. Rowling needs to invent a, a really good Hufflepuff character that I can get behind. Actually, she has Newt, but uh, yeah, I'm saving that for when I can afford a real, actual blue co- clo- uh, coat of whatever that material is. Um, it's like a $500, like the Noble Collection sells the coat. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I want to do that uh, costume right. In the meantime, it's Gilderoy Lockhart from the dueling club scene in the film, his dueling uniform. And I'm going to be outside of... This is today, so it will make no difference by the time people are hearing it. Uh, but today, outside the two Boston's pet boutique in Naperville, I'm going to be sorting children into houses. Oh, that's fun. And on J.K. Rowling slash Harry Potter's birthday itself, I will announce this just in case this episode airs uh, before then. Um, I'm going to be performing in the Armando Diaz Theatrical Movement and Hootenanny at IO Chicago. What it is is um, I'm going to be monologuing. I'm the guest monologist telling stories from my life, a.k.a. MuggleCast, Harry Potter, MuggleNet, all that stuff. And inspiring improvisational scenes from some of Chicago's best improvisers. It's huh. uh, I didn't mention it before because it was kind of a secret, but it's happening Monday night at IO Chicago in downtown. Um, and tickets are $12 if anybody wants to come out and see that. Cool. Well, if I was living there, not yet, but if I was, Aww. I'd, I'd come you're and gonna be here soon. you. Yeah, you're going to be Good here for you. Is that also as Gilderoy Lockhart, or is that just as Eric's cosplay? <laughs> I haven't decided yet. It depends on how well the cosplay goes um, on Saturday. No, I what think that's that? going to be just like a, a button-down shirt kind of thing. It's a little bit more formal, but uh, yeah, um, it's going to be a good time and uh, really excited to... It's my Chicago stage debut, and it's in honor of Harry. So Stage debut. Look at that. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. You're so involved in the community. Micah and I... Are just like, nah, let's just tweet J.K. Rowling. <laughs> and even well, that, I've tried that. That is lost. It's a lure, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Justin, are you doing anything to celebrate, or have you have you cosplayed before? No, I've never cosplayed. No. And I'll be there with Micah working. Okay, yeah. With Harry as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
So our last episode was a lot of fun. We did our Fantastic Beast movie commentary. Do check that out. You'll need your digital copy or physical copy of Fantastic Beast the movie to watch. You should. I mean, you don't have to, but you probably should. Um, <laughs> and we sit there for two and a half hours, Micah, Eric, Gina, and I, and we talk about the movie. I think it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It is a marathon, though. It's It's hard sitting down recording in front of a microphone for that long mm-hmm. but it was a good time yeah i haven't gone through the whole thing but it's a lot of fun good oh cool Glad, yeah if you yeah if you have the movie alongside you it goes by real quick yeah so let's talk about some news we didn't get to some news last week because of the fantastic piece of commentary uh, i wanted to mention this real quick we were we mentioned a couple weeks ago jk rowling did the um did was doing this interview with cnn and CNN fake news was promising a big surprise for fans. Well, I mean, it's kind of a newsy little tidbit. It is interesting. Turns out J.K. Rowling did write that political fairy tale, but she wrote it on a dress and wore it to a themed party. <laughs> what? <laughs> the theme of her 50th birthday party... She held it on Halloween, was come as your own private nightmare. She said, quote, I went as a lost manuscript and I wrote over a dress most of that book, referring to the political fairy tale for children. So that book, I don't know whether it will ever be published, but it's actually hanging in a wardrobe currently. So <laughs> that's so Joe. <laughs> you know, that dress would sell for like 17 million dollars. Yeah. Uh well, if she ever were to like auction it off, were pictures not allowed at this party? Like nobody took a picture with J.K. Rowling and like posted oh it my on Instagram God. or something, and we could zoom in and get little previews of this book. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was the news. Not not very big news, but I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed. I, I actually, it's not... as a follow up, I heard that she attempted the same thing with the encyclopedia, mm-hmm. but just not <laughs> enough space. Ran out of room. Going to need so a bigger big. dress. Yeah, um, I I will say like it's super funny to see like somebody like J.K. Rowling upstage like Lady Gaga who do like crazy dresses and things for you know for music videos and shows, but like Rowling's dress and to go as a lost manuscript. At first, I was like, man, J.K. Rowling cannot contain herself. She graffitis a bust, you know, in a hotel <laughs> to you know when she completes a book, then she writes another story on a dress. She has no like sense of personal property or you know she just likes to sc- scroll on things then i'm like oh she went as a lost manuscript that's actually legitimately funny like it's a great costume it's super funny yeah but by writing it out she's unlost that manuscript mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. kind of a self-fulfilling or unfulfilling prophecy there with the 10th anniversary of deathly Hollows happening you may have expected maybe a tweet or something from jk rowling but we didn't get anything didn't get anything. That's okay, though. That's a, that's a real shame, actually. On Hypable, I did write... We wrote a bunch of pieces commemorating the 10th anniversary, and I wrote something about the encyclopedia, because it's been five years since we last heard about it. Um, mm-hmm. That accidental... Well, I don't know. Maybe not an accidental leak on her website, where she had said that she had started working on it. Some of it would go to Pottermore, but she was working yeah. on an encyclopedia, and proceeds would go to charity. So I kind of recapped everything she has said over the past 10 years about the encyclopedia. 
And um, in her interview with Pottercast in 2007, she said, would it be okay if that's 10 years from now? Referring to when she would publish the encyclopedia, meaning this year. (laughs) She said, listen, I absolutely intend to do it, but I can't pretend that I'm in a hurry right now. It's going to be a hell of a lot of work. But I have, I've kept everything and I know where things are. And yeah, at some point I will get myself together and do it. So that was a decade ago. Wouldn't it be funny if to commemorate her birthday on Monday, she reveals that the Harry Potter encyclopedia has already been published and is on store shelves under a different (laughs) author name? (laughs) That would be interesting because somebody would figure that out. But how long would it take to figure that out? (laughs) <laughs> well, probably like in an auto repair book or something. It's hidden under a different genre that Harry Potter fans would never look. Mm-hmm. Then in 2008, she did say that um, it would take her a few more years before she completed it. And um, I guess you know, I'm, you know what I hmm? yeah, what I think it is. Somebody pointed this out uh, during I think our last during the commentary maybe or. Uh, one of our patrons wrote in. Anyway, it, it's it's this idea now that she couldn't release uh, an encyclopedia, even if she wanted to, because it would pre-spoil the upcoming films. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the encyclopedia would never contain as much info on Dumbledore, who's still a major player in the new series, Newt, Tina, Queenie, Jacob, and Grindelwald, as we would want it to. Because to do so would be to, you know, spoil the film. So so it would I say I guess because Warner Brothers has committed to four more movies, we have at least another eight to ten years before every single beat of those character arcs are fleshed out in the way that in the detail that we would want to see them in an encyclopedia. We've spoken about that though, because you can make that case though for whatever follows Fantastic Beasts as well. I'm assuming right. we're not leaving the Wizarding World once this story is is complete with another couple of films. They're going to look to continue and find new characters that they can tell the story about, whether that's pre-Harry Potter, post-Harry Potter. So you can always make the case that the encyclopedia will never be 100% accurate or uh, it, it won't cover everything that it needs to. But right. It's something that we have definitely wanted for a long period of time. And I remember, Andrew, I don't know if this is in your article, but when she made an update to her website, it may not actually be the current version of her site, but one previous to this, there was something on there about the encyclopedia. And I remember posting an article about it on MuggleNet, and it was very quickly taken down thereafter. So yeah, that's what I was referring to when I introduce this this news item it, it, yeah, it was I back it. in 2012 i think it was and that's the last time we had heard about it because yeah like Micah, you're saying the media picked it up and then they changed the statement and she was like oh, oh, oh i i have no firm plans <laughs> yeah because at that at that time she was beholden to sony and pottermore to release any and all background info exclusively yeah. through there we assume yeah. um but I, so i make the argument in this article at the end that that uh, Pottermore is in a place now where it could coexist with an encyclopedia because Pottermore has the quizzes. Pottermore has the BuzzFeed type articles. You can't, you can't do that. Those types of things in an encyclopedia. So they could happily coexist. Um, But in light of this news, I thought we'd play a little game here. I want Micah and Justin and Justin, we'll start with you 
I'm okay. going to give you each a minute to defend J.K. Rowling never releasing an encyclopedia. Okay? Okay. So go ahead, start whenever you're ready. All right. Well, I just, I think we should start by pointing out that everyone is 100% happy and satisfied with Pottermore. It's the greatest resource of Harry Potter information that's ever been created. We don't need the encyclopedia anymore. Just, Justin, your time's up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You have 40 more seconds. Go. All right. And then it kind of turns out in the end that there wasn't that much new information anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then... uh. So, so you, so you, would you not be pleased by an encyclopedia? Would you be like, oh, I don't need this because there's not new information? Are we still playing devil's advocate or my actual yeah. opinion? No, 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 devil's advocate. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, because uh, Pottermore can be a living reference, so she can change things if she wants to. If she puts it down in a book and she changes <laughs> it in the future, then everybody's just going to yell at her like they, like they have. Uh huh. All right, time's up. <laughs> that was that was hard to listen to just because you're that was that was hurtful. That was so awesome. many fans will not agree with you. <laughs> no, I love the encyclopedia. Uh -huh. All right, Micah. I want spend a minute All right. talking about why we shouldn't. Go ahead, whenever you're ready. Well, first off, I would just like to point out the fact that how greedy Potter fans are to continuously <laughs> want more and more from J.K. Rowling. The woman has a life outside of writing fantasy novels uh for <laughs> everybody you know and and i just think that has she not done enough in in the 10 years since deathly hallows has been released you look at all the projects that she worked on she gave you pottermore she gave you the robert galbraith series which she's still writing by the way she gave you the casual vacancy which let's face it there's not a person out there who doesn't like that book <laughs> Right? I mean, everybody on this show has finished yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great novel. Mm hmm And all the other things that have come along with it. We spent a whole podcast a couple weeks ago talking about this. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, you have a you have a theme park. You have a studio tour. <laughs> you have a West End play that's going to be coming to Broadway about what happens, supposedly, uh, after the final book is, is, is complete. So Time's I up. think... Go ahead. Well, just to in, in closing, I just think fans are greedy. They want more out of her. <laughs> this, she needs to spend time with her children, with her husband. She, I mean, come on. This is. Have you have you not had enough? All right. Well, yeah. No, I mean that is a good point. There certainly is a lot already out there. We've definitely had enough Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're done with this podcast that was too. Both of you guys rocked that. Yeah, by the good way. job, guys. Those were hard to listen to nice. just because I disagree, but that's the point of the game. So, good job. And point out the fact that please don't email us about the greedy <laughs> yeah. fans. This was a devil's advocate section of the show. I'm definitely not 100% happy and satisfied with Pottermore. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't really think that. No, we don't part. all love the casual vacancy. <laughs> what if we got angry emails about that? Everybody loves the casual vacancy? vacancy. Are you crazy? Not this fan, you know. Um. So actually, Mike is right. We are getting more. Universal did announce a new thrill ride coming to the original Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the Hogsmeade Land. And so here's the thing. 
we've spoken about rumors before that a new dark ride was coming, an enclosed ride. It wouldn't be a coaster. And that it would replace the Dragon Challenge coaster, which actually existed before the Wizarding World was built. They just rethemed it for the Wizarding World because that was the space it was being built in. Dragon Challenge never came to the other Wizarding World parks. It was just kind of a unique Orlando experience. But Universal is not sharing details about this new ride yet, unfortunately. But it does, they did tease some very interesting, some very exciting information. First of all, they say it'll be unlike anything we've ever done before, and it will be fun for the entire family. The new attraction will be one of the most highly themed coaster experiences we've created. It will combine a new level of storytelling with an action packed adventure and a few surprises along the way and then they say this ride is going to redefine the category and transport you to thrilling places drawing you into even more exciting adventures within the wizarding world it's going to be the perfect addition to hogsmeade rumors Ah. rumors previously said it had to do with the forbidden forest and there might be flu powder involved and I, i think that that the using the word transports is kind of a clue there that it does involve flu powder. So with this new quote, do we still think it's going to be going to be like a dark ride or Yeah, I think so. Remember last time we talked about this. Don't take dark ride literally. It just means yeah. like a highly themed enclosed. It's going to it it's going to be like a forbidden journey or um escape from Gringotts. Mm-hmm. It's just somebody else uh, pointed this out, uh, one of our listeners on Facebook, but, um, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to get the trio back for the video screens, you know, like to, oh, yeah. to do any kind of I, like whatever this ride is, it likely won't uh, include um, Dan, Rupert and Emma. Um, right. But think about they, other actors are still interested in doing these types of things like Robbie Coltrane did. Well, he helped open Diagon Alley a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and yeah, he and he's filmed on new train. stuff for the train, right? And the yeah. uh, the Fred and George Weasley actors, uh, James and Oliver Phelps. So, yeah. yeah. I, I so mean, there's this, not... I was just going to follow up on what you said about it being similar to Forbidden Journey and to Escape from Gringotts. You think they're completely moving out of doing any sort of coaster like it's a traditional experience type right i don't ride. think i don't think it'll be a traditional roller coaster it'll be you know you're moved around in the different rooms it's hard to say what it's going to be but i think it will be enclosed but the way they're hyping this up it, it sounds like it could be a very cool like when forbidden journey opened it was regarded as one of the best thrill rides ever created Oh, yeah, very much. Giant arms. So maybe they're trying to top themselves again. I I like the um, pressure that they seem to be feeling for innovation. And that's, you know, something going back 20 years in theme parks Um, with all the really cool Star Wars park announcements that that, that have been made. Mm -hmm. The Avatar Land soft opened recently. They're constantly having to, you know, redefine and, and, and kind of cement themselves back up top. Um, and I think that they won't miss this opportunity because the the roller coaster did take up a lot of space in Hogsmeade. It did. Um, 
you know, to replace it with something that's going to truly be cool. The interesting thing, I mean, do we do we think that they're going to try and tie in either Fantastic Beasts as in a different era uh, with the theme and story of this ride? Or do we think that they, if we go into the Forbidden Forest, you know, or is it just going to be like a, a, a tour of beasts that live in the forest? Like, what do we, like, outside of the not in the 20s? it'll stay different from Newt's. I don't think it'll be themed around Newt or anything. It's it's an opportunity, and, and Christina Vorkos uh, pointed this out on Twitter. Uh, it's a great way to incorporate uh, Fantastic Beasts. I think, I don't want to speak for her, but, but from the standpoint of just being able to incorporate beasts that maybe are in the films, but you don't necessarily have to include Newt or the, the era in which the, the films are taking place. Hmm. Uh, somebody listening live, Maggie, uh, over on Patreon right now. She says, "When will this new ride be ready?" Yeah, they didn't. They didn't share that, but I would guess around 2019 or 2020 because they probably want to have this open around the same time. Star Wars Land, or excuse me, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be opening in Hollywood <laughs> Studios, and that will be around 2019 or 2020. So, so yeah, I guess it. So. It kind of sounds like we're not getting another expansion expansion like Diagon Alley was. It seems like the next big thing for the Wizarding World in Orlando will be this ride, which fine by me. Yeah, I mean, they've done more or less what they can with the space that they have. Uh, you have that same problem, I think, in L.A. too, where it's in the middle of downtown. You really can't expand all They're that really much. really landlocked there, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm actually surprised that the Dueling Dragons isn't in L.A. Having not been to Hugsmeade, L.A., I'd forgotten that fact. Um, it's does just... L.A. still have the Hippogriff ride? Yep. Yeah, they built that. Okay. Yeah, huh. but that Hippogriff ride, I mean, it's 30 hey, that, seconds. That's my favorite ride in both parks, by it the way. It is nice. If It is nice. I do agree. It's just so short. It's literally 30 seconds. Oh, no. No, I'm not kidding. Go on really? YouTube and watch the ride. And, you know, look at the clock. It's 30 seconds. Oh, man. And if you're waiting 45 minutes, an hour for that. Yeah. You know, one, your first ride. Okay. Yeah. Definitely worth it. But, like, how many times do you want to ride a 30 second ride when you're waiting 45 minutes to do so? Oh, and by the way, I have some exciting news. Guess what? Universal huh. Hollywood bumped up their parking prices again. It's now $25. <laughs> Whoa. Peace well, you don't ash. have to worry about that anymore, though. It's a good this thing you're not LA. burdened with those parking increases. $25 for parking to go spend another 25 on butterbeer. No, thank you. And 160 you. to get in, right? So That's not that much do? in Hollywood, no. but still no. too much. That's too much, Bob. Mm. A little more news. I-, I thought this was news. Some people were like, meh. There was a report about Justice League. They're they're doing a bunch of reshoots, and apparently it's costing like double what reshoots normally do. <laughs> and in their report, Variety mentions it's been tough getting some of the actors back. But Ezra Miller, who plays the Flash in Justice League and also Credence in Fantastic Beasts, it hasn't been hard getting him back because WB currently has him for Fantastic Beasts 2. So they've been able to get him back and forth in between sets. Um, 
Variety says that he has a growing role in the Fantastic Beasts series. I thought this was newsy because, like, okay, we all we've discussed here on the show that yes, he will be coming back uh, for Fantastic Beasts two, but he might actually have a bigger role than he did in the first movie. In the second, a bigger role than he did in the first movie. Yeah, but a bigger role than he did in the first, in the second, or eventually. Like they're oh, saying, oh. growing. Yeah, yeah, but if he's filming now, that would mean that the second one is the bigger role. See, yeah, this is news. This is a hundred percent news. Thank this you. is a big deal. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, take that, big big commenters. News. <laughs> <laughs> big news. Uh, yeah. I mean, who would have expected, right? I, I think Fantastic Beasts two could have gone on without credence having a major role he could have been in the background maybe um, right recovering from when the hundred orders uh decimated his corporeal uh figure but um it, it seems like we're gonna get right back into the obscurial stuff uh if he is in there and has an even bigger role then it's almost a no-brainer um what the main subject or topic of the film will even be a, a character like that is a very like it would over seem to overpower um other characters i would mm-hmm. hope because... not though uh because i think the first film was very much about obscurials so yeah. i i don't want that to be the focus of entirely of 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 the next film i think it would detract from the story but that said we know that ariana is going to be part of this storyline at some point and mm-hmm. it's going to tie in dumbledore and grindelwald uh, I think one thing they're going to have to do is is probably go back to the boat and and include that scene uh, maybe at the start of the second film just to show that he's still around because I don't think they did a great job at the end of the first film letting you know that Credence was still alive and, and breathing. I think you felt yeah. very much that he had been destroyed. So uh, we know that that deleted scene exists. It never ended up on the Blu-ray, but... I feel like they're going to have to go back and, and try and figure that out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys think the Obscurus could be why J.K. Rowling went from like three to five movies? Especially if he's getting a bigger role going forward? Yeah. That's an interesting question. Yeah, that, w- that would make sense. Because we all thought this was just involving Newt. The story was focused on Newt, but it seems to really, it's going to be really expanding outside of Newt. And there could be a lot there with Dumbledore, Ariana, Grindelwald, Credence obscurials the regular potter books i mean you had uh ariana but then if jk rowling keeps diving deeper and deeper and deeper creating a story around that i can see that i could see credence meeting up with dumbledore via newt in this next movie yeah maybe and by the way later in the show we have a great voicemail about how grindelwald could have escaped so quickly so oh cool stay tuned for that Okay, so keep an eye out for that in the next movie. Final news story today. There's another <laughs> version of uh, the Harry Potter books coming out, sort of. Next. The, <laughs> the Harry Potter Illustrated Editions are getting digitized. And it's they're actually going a step further than just releasing them as ebooks. All the artwork in the book is now animated. This what? is exclusively on Kindle. And some previews have been released, and all of the art moves very slightly, 
some more than others, including the front cover. This is just for um, Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's Stone for now. Comes out on September 5th. And it's only 10 bucks. So if you haven't gotten the illustrated books, if you like digital readers, if you have a Kindle, you need like the tablet version. You can't use the traditional Amazon Kindle e-readers because those are just black and white. But if you have a tablet, like an iPad, you can buy these for that. I wondered about the black and white thing. This is um, unreal. I'm looking at this... this, Snip on uh, snippet on hypable with the goblin uh, mm-hmm. viewing the gemstone, and it's it's really unreal. It's it's fantastic. It's amazing what they can do with digital art these days. Uh, you know, to animate. I'm sure that yeah, when this when it was drawn in the first place, they possibly had this in mind. Right. Well, that's what I'm wondering. So these are all the same illustrations from this book that was released in 2015. When he when Jim K illustrated the books, did he? create layers because that's the only way i think this could have worked yeah otherwise so this is just available for sorcerer's stone and chamber of secrets right just the first book actually oh just the first yeah but i imagine it's cool though i mean i know we normally make fun of the fact that they're trying to make money yet again on another version of of one of the books but uh especially just given you know if i know Justin just mentioned he just had a a child. Is this something that you would look to? Is this a way you would look to potentially read to your, you know, your daughter, or would it? Would you go more traditional with the books? Well, we, so. I've actually actually started reading her the uh, first one, Aww. the first uh, illustrated one. How old is she? But she's six months. Aww. So right Still now I'm getting young. more enjoyment than she is, but. <laughs> <laughs> And we didn't plan that, this, by the way. This was not. This was totally off the cuff. Yeah, but the ten dollars price point for the digital ones, I'll definitely buy them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and come to think of it, I wonder if they that creating these illustrated editions now, releasing them now, was part of their thinking. Like, okay, the kids who grew up on Harry Potter, they're adults now. They're starting to have kids. Let's get these illustrated editions going and then they can buy them and not only will they enjoy them but they can read them to their children like justin is with allison i know my cousin she's a couple years older than me she had a kid about a year ago or two and when i posted about them on facebook she was like oh i am absolutely buying these and reading them to logan i think uh, i think that could be one of their one of their ideas with these yeah, and the animation I imagine would help keep kids' attention. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, kids should not be looking at screens as much as they do, but uh, the animations—who can argue with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, getting back to um, Micah, what was our Twitter question this week? We haven't done one of these in a few episodes. Yeah, so it was actually related to the news uh, about the theme park expanding, and you know, mention of the fact that Dragon Challenge is out, forbidden forest supposedly <laughs> for at least for right now is going to be in and uh we got a couple of uh responses some of them with some pretty good ideas uh emily a sassy detective if you want to follow her that's a great uh, twitter <laughs> handle says uh, dragon challenge wasn't nearly as fun after they stopped letting the two rides duel 
Uh, hope it'll still be a roller coaster, not a, quote, dark ride. Amen, sassy detective. Yeah, they stopped letting them duel because what would happen is um, the tracks are kind of their opposite. What They're, they're, they're mirror. mirror. Yeah. yeah. And then you would get to points where you get kind of close to the other coaster. And I think sometimes objects would fly off people and hit Cell the phones. other coaster. <laughs> it just was it was a little dangerous. I think I have that right. Yeah. That that sounds right. Uh Urban K at Dark Lord of Dance, another great Twitter handle, says, Gonna miss the dragon challenge. Uh, I always went on the fireball because the horn tail was painted the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stephanie at your Rufus on fire. These these are great Twitter handles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if it's in the forest, one. no more spiders. Uh, we already have it in one ride. Don't make it two. My heart and anxiety can't deal with spiders more than once. Bless you, <laughs> Stephanie, for saying what was on all of our minds. Mm-hmm. Kevin Entwistle uh, sounds cool. Can't wait. Just include lots of beasts and keep it canon. Um, not sure yeah. about that, but uh, Sarah Chapman Dragon Challenge is the only ride in the park where there is never a wait. It'll be sad to see it go <laughs> yeah. for a new popular ride. Yeah. Uh, Emily Rugburn, I really wonder who will be at the center of it. Hagrid, Newt, or these are both with question marks after them. Hagrid, Newt, it likely won't be the trio as they are too old to film any new footage. Eric, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And uh, Lyndon says, I always thought Forbidden Forest would make sense for the next expansion plan. I wonder what the ride will be like. Forbidden Journey 2.0. I should have said this earlier. I hate, hate roller coasters like Dragon Challenge. I'm just not good on them. I get nauseous very easily. I I rode Dragon Challenge, Challenge once. Mm-hmm. And I also ro- rode the Hulk ride, the coaster. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I, I have this problem where... And people, please don't email me telling me I have heart problems or something. I don't need I don't need that anxiety from you. When I do these coasters, <laughs> I start losing feeling in my fingers and my toes. The same thing. No, I, I have the you same. You do too? Okay. I, and also, what happens to me, depending on, I don't know if it's torque or, or like the way the coaster will move, like I literally can't breathe at, at certain Oh my points. God. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, so, it's... Yeah, it's probably because you're moving so fast. It feels like you can't breathe. It's just pushing in on your chest because, you know, like when you floor it in your car, you get that feeling in your chest. Yeah. No, but that, Micah, that, you that should have that checked true. out. I actually <laughs> just had my I just had my physical earlier oh, okay. this week. So, uh, but I I prefer the Forbidden Journey Escape from Gringotts, not only from a an actual ride standpoint, but I like. Sorry, I'm going to use the word. The sort of immersive experience you get of being able to go through Hogwarts, being able to go through Gringotts, and mm-hmm. it, there's just something about that. I know the lines can be long, but if you take the time and you look around and you s- see all the detail that was put into creating these places, I like the fact of just being inside of those two buildings. And if you do something like the Forbidden Forest, it would be cool to just walk around you know i I, I don't think you need to even focus as much on the ride but to be able to kind of go through something like that i think would be really cool and that's why i thought they did an amazing job uh with diagon alley yeah it is fun to walk around 
that that announcement that Universal made, they did say it will be fun for the whole family. So I think it'll be pretty <laughs> tame. Spiders for everyone. <laughs> well, I, I think that means it won't be as intense as Forbidden Journey, which I do find intense, to be honest with you. I don't like how it throws you around. I get a little nervous that, you know, those points in that ride where it kind of almost throws you upside down. Like, yeah, I'm always I don't like riding it because I'm afraid it's going to break down when I'm like kind of upside down. And I would just I would freak out if if that happened. It does break down quite a bit. I know from from just I haven't been to the park that many times, but I remember from the times I've been there, I've heard at least a handful of of it breaking down. It broke down during one of the nights uh, at one of the conventions. Uh, So but going off of that forbidden journey or sorry escape from gringotts what really gets me is the dip there's like a i forget what scene it is but the cart like almost like turns over like it flips you forward where you're where you're hanging and i'm always Mm -hmm. afraid that the safety uh guard (laughs) that they have in place is just gonna (laughs) open up and everybody's just gonna fall however far it is it could be five feet to the floor for all i know but yeah it's deceptively that is one that's like the one coaster element of escape from gringotts where you go down and around a little bit um adam who's listening live says happens to me too regarding the uh the chest stuff and losing feeling in your fingers blacking out actually happens on high g rides says adam (laughs) wonderful you know for me it's for me it's my head i can't ride the hulk or dragon challenge because my head gets bounced around on the uh in like the seat between the two cushions that are like around your shoulders Mm -hmm. and i just get real dizzy and and stuff and this is it's a new development i simply aged out of roller coasters is what i told myself because now i just it hurts. I I We're come off emails. in pain. You guys are a bunch of wimps. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I would say to that listener? Go back to t- 2010, seven years ago, when we first rode these rides when the theme park opened, and listen to our reviews of the rides. Oh, they're then, great rides. They're great rides. Our bodies it's just aren't cut out for them these days. It's Justin, so have, awful. Have you been to the parks? Yeah, I've been to the one in Universal. The oh. uh, uh, Hogsmeade? Yeah. I mean, not in Universal, in uh, California, sorry. Oh, okay. And, Did you uh, like it? Yeah, it was it was great being there, but the uh, the main ride broke down. I'm blanking on the name. You guys just said it. Forbidden Journey. On it. Yeah, Forbidden Journey. It broke, broke down, down while you were middle. on it? Where were yeah. you in it? Uh, we were going around some bend. I think it's where it's like a little twirl down. I think it was, yeah. Did but um, But you weren't like hanging upside down or anything? No, we were just in the air for a little while. It was only a couple uh, minutes, but it still took away from the yeah the ride. So I guess they let you redo it without waiting. No, what? Yeah, they just pass <laughs> us along out. So okay, but when the ride continued, was it like all normal? Oh or... yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got to finish the ride, but it's they didn't okay. throw, put us back on to do the whole thing. Did all the lights come on? Yeah. <laughs> See, I would like that because I'd like to get a good look at those Ooh, arms behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a theme park nerd, so I like stuff like that. I would want to see the arm because that was the code name, right? Project Strong Arm or something, right? Yeah, for the Strong yeah, Arm the Disney, that was the thing. But also, yeah, there's arms. <laughs> How high were you actually in the air? Uh, just like 15 feet. Oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's not the height thing. It's just the for me, it's the the parts where they really throw you around. 
if you go on YouTube, Forbidden Journey, Broken. Oh yeah, one of the autocompletes is Forbidden Journey Lights On, and you can. <laughs> there's video with you can see the inside of the the park or the ride. It's it's you know, might be interested to see that. Thanks everybody who submitted those responses to twitter.com slash mugglecast. So for the rest of the show here, we have some mailbag stuff. Eric, you want to read the first one? Absolutely. So we got an email from Claire Schaub who says, Hi, MuggleCast. I just saw the Hypable article theorizing about how the Wizarding Circus Arcanus, uh, Circus Arcanus could come into play in the next movie. This is actually something I've been thinking about and I wanted to share some ideas. The circus appears to focus mostly on showcasing different, quote, human oddities, which immediately made me think of the second Salemers and the way that they characterize magical folk as being unnatural and strange. In Fantastic Beasts 1, Mary Lou says to Credence, quote, your mother was a wicked, unnatural woman, quote. I bet that a circus advertised as a museum of human oddities would definitely attract the attention of the second Salemers who see it as an opportunity to expose the magical world and or prove that these people are unnatural freaks. What if Credence's mother was a member of the circus, and this was how Mary Lou first found Credence? She would probably love to save a young boy from growing up in that kind of environment. This also makes me think of the scene in which the Senator Shaw called Barebones children freaks, and how that really seemed to strike a nerve for Credence. Anyway, not sure if there's really anything here, but it'll definitely be interesting to see this circus, which seems to straddle the magic and non-magic worlds, and how it will play in the next film. Uh, what I take away from this is Credence reacting negatively to being called a freak. I think that was real smart, real cool there. Yeah. I can't really see Mary Lou being involved in the circus, though. Like, mm. she just seems miserable and a loner and uh, keeps to herself. And she did now. But she, um, yeah, now hiring. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do find it interesting the thinking about whether the second Salemers are could possibly be a presence in the future because there aren't really any that we know of that are alive. Yeah. They've they've pretty much gotten rid of anyone who would strongly advocate on their behalf that at least we're familiar with. So mm -hmm. but uh I do like that that attention to also the human oddities aspect of it. And I think we may have mentioned this on a previous show, but there's nothing really, even though if you look at some of the creative, that talks much about beasts. It It's really about humans. So could this circus present an opportunity for somebody like Grindelwald if th these people are in fact shunned from society uh, to try and, and maybe rally some uh, to his cause? Yeah. Mm. So we don't know that Mer that uh, his mother was in the circus 100%, right? No. No, this no, is no. just an assumption. This is just Claire's I think, guess. I think she was clearly a witch, though. Like, she definitely... Because um, Credence, had he not uh, suppressed his magic, would have been an ordinary wizard. Well, but I th she refers yeah. to his mom in, in the movie as an unnatural woman. Mm -hmm. Which Ooh. is very much Petunia and Lily, right? Like... I saw her for what she was, a freak. Mm. Um, kind of BS there. Yeah, but if his mom was in the circus and the circus is now going back to England, I can see maybe that being why he he's going to look for his parentage or his mother. Yeah, maybe. Kind of and like how Tom raises... went to look for his parents once he found out he was a wizard. Definitely. 
And it raises the question also, who's his father? Yep. Ooh. Uh, the Creed, force. Sit down. He was. I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> In That's that Dumbledore. case, Obscurials run in the family. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all adding up. All right. Uh, a couple thoughts here from Adam. He says, yo, Mugglecasters, first of all, thanks for making my work trip to Milwaukee fly by. The cornfields and the cheese curds just weren't enough to get me through the long week, but luckily I had some episodes to catch up on that definitely helped. I finally listened to episode 323 on Credence, and at one point there was a discussion about the implications the act of stripping Grindelwald of his powers might have on the Wizarding World and his placement in Nurmengard. And a few thoughts come to mind regarding stripping powers. Wasn't it said in the books that several wizards lost their powers while at Azkaban? Yes, that is true. If the Ministry was aware of that fact, and yet they still sent their prisoners there, I think that would be confirmation that stripping a witch or wizard of his her powers is something that happens. When Hagrid got expelled, his wand was broken. Although this didn't strip him of his magic, they did remove one of the primary tools of a witch or wizard to perform magic, especially if they hadn't progressed far enough in school to learn nonverbal spells. And as he was no longer allowed to use magic, how is that much different from stripping him of his powers? And then on Nurmengard, he says, As I was thinking about ways Grindelwald might be able to escape the prison he built, I thought that perhaps they kept him there symbolically, in your face, Grindy, but imprisoned him <laughs> using their own methods. Couldn't they have placed him in a cell and made the exit impossible to find using a Fidelius charm or something? Oh. Anyway, those are my thoughts on the road, just some th food for thought. That's real funny, to use the Fidelius charm to conceal the exit of a room that somebody's in. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that idea. That's going to be my new, that's that's the go-to thing. That's yeah. canon. Yeah, but why wouldn't they just do it to everybody in Azkaban too then? Uh, so yeah. So they can't break out. Mm. Well, because they got to be out. So that, well, somehow you have to feed the prisoners, right? The, the prisoners are still being, I guess, fed, looked after somehow. They still get exercise hour or something. I don't Actually, I don't think they do in, in Azkaban. But, um, you know, the the tie-in here to... People losing their powers under extreme duress and through dementors, through what is essentially depression, uh, reminds me of Tonks and her changing Patronus, wasn't it? Um, you know, these moments of deep emotional failure and depression where the, it has such a profound or different effect on your outward like magic ability mm -hmm. um, seems to be little breadcrumbs leading to something much bigger, such as the obscurial or obscurus um, in fantastic beasts. So I think that there's definitely a through line, um, which is real cool for uh, this writer to from Adam to, to, to submit. I think it's kind of cool. Micah, while you read the next email, we got, we got a kid segment coming up. Yeah. So this is from Zoe. <laughs> who says, uh, first things first, I'm a major fan of you guys. I've been listening for five years since I'm 11 and not a patron just yet. Mom won't Whoa. let me. My first Potter moment happened at the age of two and a half, uh, where me and my dad read the first book together. As a two-year-old, I did not remember what happens. I read the first book at the age of five, the same year my father left. I finished all the books that year, and little did I know that 200-page book could lead into a lifetime obsession. Uh, the books are my memories that me and my dad share. Uh, at the age of six, I started listening to your show everywhere. Last night, I was crying because my mom, almost, 
Thank God, almost. Uh, did not let me listen to you. I can't fall asleep without it. I also have your faces all over my room. <laughs> I want proof of that. <laughs> I want to see that. Don't ask. Don't look for it, Taylor. You may not like what you find. You guys are my idols, and thank you for everything. You guys are my light in the darkest of times. Uh, I love you, and thank you, Zoe. Well, thank you, Zoe. Yeah. It's a very nice uh, email that you sent. Uh, please do the mysterious ticking noise. And PPS, when's the encyclopedia coming? <laughs> well, very relevant just... uh, question based on yeah. our discussion earlier. Discussed yeah. the latter earlier. Um, and the former, well, we played one of Neil's other great works. So what, what does she mean when she says, please do it? Eric, you uh, do the... it. You said this. You do this, Andrew. No, we uh, didn't. We we questioned whether or not we were going to perform the ticking noise, and then I think I started doing it. And you were like, "There, that's good enough." So Snape, we did it. Snape, Snape, Severus, Snape. That's the only part. Dumbledore. Oh, there you go. <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. One more. Continuing this kid theme. Dear Andrew, I am unfortunately not a patron because my mom won't let me. I'm 13, but I wanted to share my first memory with you guys anyway. I was introduced to Harry Potter when I was seven. My best friend, who happens to share a birthday with me, first got me into it. I was at her house, and she suggested that we watch a movie. She did, She wanted to show us, me and my brother, the series she had gotten into, Harry Potter, but she didn't have the first movie. So we watched Chamber of Secrets, and I remember asking her question after question about who everyone was. After that, my grandmother started buying me the books. That was probably in December, and that up- upcoming summer was when Deathly Hallows Part 2, the movie, came out. And the same friend invited me to her birthday party where we would watch the movie. So having only read the first two books, I watched the final movie. So I guess I just made stuff up to fill in the gaps of things I didn't understand, (laughs) which was like everything. Here is one of such pathetic examples. When Harry tells Albus Severus that he is named after two of the bravest men he knew, and one was Slytherin, stupid, now eight-year-old me, apparently forgot that Snape's first name was Severus, so I had no clue who Severus was. So I decided that Albus Dumbledore must have been a Slytherin, and the reason Voldemort feared him was because he was the only Slytherin to ever defy me. (laughs) Ah, I was such a stupid eight-year-old, says Caroline. (laughs) Caroline, when we're younger, we all make mistakes. That's actually not a bad theory, though. I love it. Yeah. You know, um, Merlin was a Slytherin, so she's not far off. Mm-hmm. Caroline, you're you're 13 now. I'm over double your age. More mistakes will be made. Uh, Don't you too. worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will not be the last. Okay, it's been a few weeks since we did some voicemails. So how about we get back to that? That's great. Here's our first one. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Jenny. I'm drunk, so do not play this message <laughs> on the episode. But I just wanted you to know how much I care about you guys, how much you've meant to me in the past. Wow, I think I've been listening to you for like over 10 years now, and it's crazy. Actually, this message isn't so bad. You can play this on the show, but you probably won't. But I just want to tell you that you honestly mean the world to me. Life has been hard, and through it all, you guys are there. You're always there, and I can always check 
that, you know, podcast and listen to it each on a weekly basis and just know that that something is constant. If nothing is constant, you guys are constant. And that means the world to me. So, anyway, drunk Jenny message. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you guys for everything you do. Because I can't even explain to you how much it's meant to me. Have a great day. And I hope you're super duper happy. You all deserve to be so, so happy. Goodbye, and thank you for everything. Thank you, Jenny. That was very sweet. That was probably the nicest voicemail we've gotten. We have been, um, you know, doing this for 12 years. She was right. It's a constant in all of our lives. And I only played that, by the way, because she gave permission halfway through the voicemail. (laughs) Otherwise, I probably wouldn't. (laughs) It started off a little shaky. (laughs) Yeah. um, But ended up being very 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 sweet um here's yeah another voicemail i referenced earlier in the episode hi mugglecast uh my name is brian um i haven't been listening for very long uh didn't really realize there was harry potter podcast and much to my glee i've discovered you guys anyway i love the show um i just had a couple couple thoughts for you um i don't know if i'm the only one but uh, I'm drawing a really strong X-Men vibe from the storylines of Fantastic Beasts. Uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald seem to me like Professor X and Magneto. I mean, it's <laughs> like almost exactly. You know, they start off together. They got the same train of thought. And at some point, Magneto gets really crazy about his thinking, just like Grindelwald. And the two split and start battling. So I, I'm drawing a lot of correlation between those two uh, worlds. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um couple other thoughts too um oh shoot it all just flew out of my head um oh yeah uh grinnewald escaping um his his confinement uh i uh am a 23 year veteran of the army and um i know in survival and and the escape training that we've that i've had um it's always best to try to escape as soon as you are put into confinement uh, and the reasons for that is uh, things like the guards aren't trained. You know, they're usually kind of new to their post, and they don't really know what they're doing. Uh, security isn't as tight because they haven't, you know, sometimes they're building the, the stuff that's housing the prisoners. Um, you, you, as a prisoner, are in the best physical shape. You're not dehydrated. You're, you're, you're well-nourished. So you're at your strongest at that point, you know, when you're very first captured. So that, that kind of makes me think that maybe, you know, Grindelwald will escape very shortly after being confined because that's when he's going to be most powerful and his, you know, jailers aren't going to be as prepared for him as they could be if they had, you know, a couple months or years or whatever to, uh, to train and, and to kind of prepare for it. Anyway, sorry for the long, the long comment. Um, I'll phone back for more later as I remember stuff. Anyway, love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Brian. So first of all, Eric, I know you, you're into X-Men. Did you agree with that? Definitely. Comparison. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a good comparison. And any series that gets to the core of not wanting to be yourself or not feeling comfortable in your own skin the way that Credence does um, and Obscurials do is very much um, can be connected back to X-Men. So I think that's a particular stroke of genius there. Um, 
Yeah. And that survival training is awesome. Yeah. That's really cool stuff. Yeah. Thanks for your service, by the way. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And I really liked his point about once you're in jail, you're once you as soon as you get in, you're you're in the, your best physical shape because you just got there. So that could be a good excuse for him getting out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it made me actually think about um, Azkaban and, and how probably the longer people are in jail there you know the dementors have more and more of a effect on them sort of the the life force of them is is diminished so it ties in nicely with with what he was saying so i guess uh we can expect grindelwald to break out right away yeah one thing that confused me about grindelwald was when dumbledore was talking about getting sent to azkaban wasn't he just like i could just break out so like well, why won't grindelwald just break out right away <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good are point. they both on the same level <laughs> yeah yeah um all right next voicemail hi muggle cast it's jenny the last time i left you a message i was really really drunk so hopefully I didn't <laughs> too much um but i wanted to call because i saw that they're releasing those two new books today and I was just like, whoa. And I'm excited, but at the same time I also feel like this could be Beetle the Bard part two. So I wanna know how you feel about it, Andrew. Okay, have a great day. Bye bye. So I thought it was funny to hear non uh, to hear sober Jenny. <laughs> they are two different people. <laughs> I wonder if she remembers her first voice <laughs> She rem- well yeah, because she called in about it. Um no, but I like what she said. Um, uh, so yes, they, they, it was announced that there are new <laughs> Harry Potter books being published. Uh, the media kind of ran away with with calling these new Harry Potter books. They sort of are. So there's this new exhibition opening up for the 20th anniversary at the British Library, and there's going to be there's these there's going to be some new stuff on display from jk rowling like her early notes about the development of the harry potter series and along with this new exhibit there are new two new books being published one is called harry potter a history of magic and the other one is called harry potter a journey through a history of magic one of them isn't really related to harry potter it's more just about magic Mm. and but the other one is and this one will include some of that new stuff or it's not new but it's never before seen um notes from jk rowling so i wouldn't call these new harry potter books i wouldn't even compare this to beetle the bard it's just new new yeah, well, first of all don't compare anything to beetle the bard okay <laughs> no <laughs> that pedestal that that, again, that that singular <laughs> pillar of greatness nobody should ever uh, compare anything to beetle the bard but this beetle was the bard. this was saw. drumming up a lot of fake news throughout it was the yeah. last week or so uh, because yeah. a lot of outlets and i saw you you did a whole article on it didn't you andrew about how yeah i called them out <laughs> it was great just like going through and it, they were billing it as two new harry potter books and he you know even my mom sent me an email because you know she doesn't know any any different from if she hears right. that there's going to be two new harry potter books and right. she she brought it up to my attention too, and it, this is what happens: is that yeah. people buy into, just like they did with uh, *Cursed Child*, that this is the the next Harry Potter book. 
Right. It's not at all. They're, they're just little they're side pieces. That said, I do look forward to seeing the one with J.K. Rowling's work on the Harry Potter series, her notes and stuff. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't even know if they're going to be for sale over in America. They're only being published by Bloomsbury right now because this is this is like a part of the British Library exhibit. Oh, so we're going to have to get it. You and I can have a better experience with Amazon.co.uk if we try and uh, purchase them than we did last time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we have one more voicemail. Hey, MuggleCast. This is Shell. Um, I hadn't realized MuggleCast was back, so I have been binge listening. <laughs> so I have a few comments. One, there were n- not more American beasts because Newt's never been there before, and it's, they've all been outlined in New York, so it's frankly surprising he had any from America. Two, someone questioned why Newt was able to reveal Grindelwald. I doubt anyone else had even tried. When you know someone well, it can be hard to consider that possibility. Three, Queenie was free to be herself at home and wouldn't want Makuza to take advantage or try to use her. And frankly, they'd feel comfortable with her using her power there, so it's probably better they don't know or she might not even be allowed there. And she doesn't need a career to feel her confidence. She's going to be comfortable in her own skin. By the way, have you seen Allison Sudo's video, Happier? She's been in the wizarding world for years. Four, the two creepy guard ladies are going to set Grindelwald free. And five, thank you, Micah. You very often end up saying what I'm at home, shouting at my device. Thanks, guys, for all of your work, and look forward to listening to your next podcast. Bye. I knew I was going to like this voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because she laid out all her points. I, I think she had it rehearsed and ready to go. Yeah, so very good prepared. job. Shell, I think her name was? Shell, yeah, Shell. Yeah, she brought up a lot of interesting stuff there um, regarding no American beasts. Yeah, Newt just hasn't had the time to discover them, right? Yeah, at least the film, the film, and this is something that we we couldn't have known then, but the film cleared up the fact that the Fantastic Beasts book, as we know it, was written just prior to the movie starting. So before Newt had been to America, and therefore there are much fewer you know all those american beasts aren't yet in those books because he hadn't met them yet mhm uh and micah want to make any other points for shell to enjoy from you i just did the whole episode so i'm sure there's something in there that okay. <laughs> that with. she was agreeing with you <laughs> yeah. very confident no but there, i i she made some great points especially right. the last one <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. I have a couple of uh, housekeeping reminders here. First of all, Eric, what's going on in Orlando about one month from today? Gosh, one month from today, you guys, we will be in sunny Orlando, Florida for an evening of Potter amazement and excitement. It's MuggleNet Live 2017, 19 years later. You can find out all of this info, but it's going to be taking place in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley. We are going to ride the uh, train from King's Cross Station in London in Orlando uh, on September 1st, the same date as the Deathly Hallows epilogue. Uh, so tickets and, and, and all of the info. Actors from the films will be there. Chris Rankin, Sean Biggerstaff was announced, Christian Coulson, uh, and many more. I'll find out more about that uh, at the top of the MuggleCast website or MuggleNetLive.com. 
we will, the three of us will be there and doing a podcast. Yes, and just announced Mike and I will be bringing sledgehammers, and we're going to start tearing down Dragon Challenge for Universal. Oh, you guys are going to break ground? That's yeah, awesome. We're, we're yeah, we're going to start tearing it down for them. Uh, we haven't cleared this with them yet, but it's actually, the, the ride is closing September 4th, which is only three days after we're there, so we thought we'd help <laughs> them get started a little early. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that'll be fun. Maybe you'll find uh, your phone. Who lost their phone? Somebody <laughs> lost their phone, didn't they? It might have been Zach. Um, I didn't lose my phone. Edward lost his phone a couple of times. That rock and roller coaster and dueling dragons are the single greatest, the the two greatest offenders of of phone lossage uh, in the park. There's a lot more you can find on MuggleCast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, where we ask Twitter questions now and again. Uh, we also have our Facebook page at facebook.com slash MuggleCast. Also post news over there so you can stay up to date on uh, what's going on in the Harry Potter world. Uh, by the way, if you go to episode 328's show notes, you will see I embedded the photo of Laura and I sleeping <laughs> under our blankets after a full night of reading Deathly Hallows Part 2. <laughs> I added that in light of our discussion on, it's on adorable. that episode. Yes, thank you, Eric, for taking that photo. Uh, what's our P.O. box? What's going on over there, Skull? So, uh, a couple of things. Actually, Rochelle... Uh, K, I'll just say K. I don't want to say your last name just in case. Uh, sent me a copy of the Hufflepuff House Edition, which I very much appreciate. Oh. Um, so now all three of us have one. And you know what? Bloomsbury did not rough this one up as much. Uh, so, uh, or, or sorry, uh, Amazon. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Not Bloomsbury. It's all on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so uh, apart from getting that and last week's update with the uh, gentleman, uh, Mr. Eastwick, who sent his fan fiction and uh, the chickpeas that we got, uh, nothing new this week. Um, but the P.O. Box is ever-growing, ever-changing. You can send anything and everything to it. It is uh, located at 4044 North Lincoln Avenue, number 144 in Chicago IL 606 one eight, I check it weekly, and yeah, you can write in, send us cards, maybe uh, Harry a happy birthday card, uh, you know, and uh, we'll we'll feature it or read it on the show. I'm just picturing Eric going in weekly and opening it, and nothing's there, and he's just like, oh, <laughs> he makes a note to himself: plug the PO box. Plug the well, thank you, Andrew. You've made it easy for me this time. <laughs> Eric sheds a tear every time he goes. There. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin, thanks for joining us. Hope you had a good time. I did. Thanks so much for having me on. This was cool. A lot of fun. Yeah, I know you've been a longtime listener too, haven't you? Yeah, ten years or so. Awesome! Oh, wow! Awesome! Thanks, well, thank, dude. thanks for being a longtime listener, and we appreciate your support. Over. Is there anything Patreon. you want to plug, dude? No, just Justin Sharkey on Twitter, but I mostly just yell at the president. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so does all, jk dude. rolling yeah, <laughs> yeah so does she <laughs> thanks everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm eric i'm micah and i'm justin bye everybody bye bye bye